This is Jeremy the Impact York from Board Check, That Sports Show, and Strong Style. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. for another great edition of that sports show not just any sports show not this sports show that sports show i'm your host jeremy the impact york this is the impact media weekly dive into the world of uh, the nfl mls mlr mlb sounds like a bunch of alphabets but uh i assure you a uh, great day including some uh, georgia state news a little bit later on and the passing of a legend if you would like to give us a rating, review, comment, question, suggestion, any place you can find a podcast, please do so. We appreciate it. It helps us, and it helps me keep this free content for you guys. I don't want to charge you guys for this. So make sure to visit our sponsors, uh, betonline.net, that we will talk about here in a little while. And uh, make sure to leave us ratings, reviews, things like that. If you'd like to contact the show, at, or not at, 3endzone at gmail.com will do so. If you would, uh, if you are so inclined to follow us on Facebook, we're easily to look up. On Twitter at Team Impact Media, we'll find all the show notes, all the shows, easy ways to just find that stuff. And of course, at The Impact 99, we'll find my own personal stuff on practically every social media you can come up with. Now, Let's just dive right into it. Instead of previewing what we're going to talk about, we're just going to talk about it. Probably going to be a short show tonight. Let's start with the NFL because the NFL reminds us each and every day it's a 365-24-7 league. The biggest things, we found out earlier today that the Deshaun Watson ruling is expected on Monday. Uh, The judge supposedly, all rumor at this point, the judge was holding out giving the sides plenty of time to try to negotiate between themselves, and they couldn't come to an agreement. I know. I'm surprised, like you guys, that the NFL and the Players Association could not agree on how to discipline their children. But she's going to make her ruling. I would imagine this is going to be at least – I would make it a calendar year. She's probably just going to make it a season. I would make it a calendar year. Uh, What Deshaun Watson did – was despicable, and just because he was not found criminally guilty does not mean it is not wrong. To take advantage of anybody is wrong. So, 
hopefully you guys are with me on that. I'm hoping it's a calendar year. We'll obviously talk about it on the next show. But ruling's supposed to be tomorrow. I would imagine either early, like 8 o'clock, or later in the afternoon, about 3. You're going to get one or the other. But John Watson, hopefully the hammer gets dropped. Kyler Murray. I left it off of last week's show because, well, I wanted to know a little more about it. I knew something was going to come up, and a couple things did. Obviously, his new contract is $230.5 million. It I don't know, brings him up to a, a season average. It just adds five years to the two years he already has remaining, so he is technically locked up for seven years if you count franchise tags. That's nine. It's not going to make it to that. But the thing everybody was talking about was not all the great money he's getting paid. He's getting paid to be the second-best quarterback in the league, and he's barely top ten. But it's just where the market is. The biggest thing was a clause in his contract that required him to – I don't know how he was going to prove this unless they figured out his logins or something. On his tablet, he was to spend at least four hours a week basically studying film and actually doing his homework. like most people do in the league. It's especially quarterbacks constantly doing it. Some people were like, why would they include such a cause? Well, it's real easy. Kyler Murray has always had maturity issues. We have figured this out. Doesn't always go hard at practice. He sometimes checks out of games. And sometimes it does look like he may not know all the playbook. It happens. But just like if if either of us are at our jobs, if the bosses start to figure out that maybe you're not putting in the work, they're going to question it. They're going to start to ask, you know, ask questions. They're going to try to see, is this guy actually doing the work he needs to do, the prep work, to be successful? Or are we going to have to maybe think about something else? Especially when they're giving him the second biggest contract in the league. But it becomes such an uproar, and it hurt his feelings so bad that they would call him out on something like this. And I'm going to say it exactly that way. It hurt his little feelings. Aw, let's feel bad. I don't. It hurt his feelings so bad that now they have not only publicly put it into his contract, they have publicly taken it out. Proving that the Arizona Cardinals are a bottom third franchise as well because they can't get their act together. They just, I mean, they completely caved into, oh, we, we, we may have hurt his feelings. What are we going to do now? We, well, we should take it out and say that we never meant to have it in there to start with. No, you meant it to be in there. You tried to call him out for not being a mature, game-ready quarterback, which he is not. He relies on his instincts in the games. You should watch him play. No, but they took it out. So, to me, that just proves. Cardinals? Enjoy not being a profitable franchise and not not being a uh, a big player in the game. You're always going to be a little fish because your management doesn't have the brass stand up to their players even when their players are in the wrong. So enjoy that. Uh, next up, we've got DK Metcalf officially gets paid. He gets three years, $72 million extension which is 58.2 of it is guaranteed, and he gets a $30 million signing bonus. Debo Samuel and DK Metcalf were holding in, which means they were attending practice. They didn't get fined for not attending practice. They were just not participating in team drills. 
Here's the fun thing. I mean, Seattle's got to pay somebody, right? So might as well pay their star wide receiver. DK is really good. Is he worth that money? Probably. But here's the thing. Unless DK Metcalf or, or, or the Seahawks know something we don't, who's throwing him the ball? Geno Smith? Yeah, perennial backup. Drew Locke got benched multiple times in Denver. Uh, Jacob Eason? Uh, the last time he was great, he was either at Washington or UGA, depending on your preference. So it's great he's getting paid that money, but he's he's not going to really earn the contract, and it's not his fault. He's got backups throwing him the ball. And Seattle, the other note on Seattle I was going to get into is the fact that Chris Carson is having to retire. He's the number one running back. Chris Carson, one of my favorite players in Seattle. Uh, his neck injuries are finally catching up to him. He is only in his late 20s, guys. He's, it feels like Chris Carson's been playing for 10 years. He's actually been in the league about five or six. Uh, always unfortunate when you have to retire early. But he was one of the focal points. Other running backs on that team just weren't quite just weren't quite doing what they needed to do. So we'll see what Seattle does. What's more than likely going to happen is they're going to finish in the bottom 10. They're going to have a good draft pick, and they're probably going to get potentially a new owner, but they're going to have a new head coach. They're going to probably have a new GM, and it's just time to completely reboot that franchise. As I said, though, DK gets paid, that leaves Debo Samuel. The best part is, is 49ers can thank the Seattle Seahawks for giving them the number. Three years, $72 million, that's not a bad number for Debo uh, because they need to hurry up and get Debo Samuel on a practice field because they're losing defensive linemen left and right. They either have let go of a few because they, they just didn't have what they were looking for, or they're getting dinged up and hurt, and they're going to have to – their pass rush is just going to be lacking this year. So hopefully they get Debo out of the way. They deal Jimmy Garoppolo, which will help free up some money, and uh, or maybe as part of the Garoppolo trade, they can get some defensive linemen. They're going to need them. Last note I had on the NFL is – 11-year veteran of the Washington franchise because technically he has been part of the original name. He has been part of the Washington football team, and now he is technically a member of the Washington Commanders. Notice he didn't say the first name. Ryan Kerrigan, the great pass rusher, is retiring. He, uh, he said whenever he couldn't go full out at 100% and his body wouldn't allow him, he was going to walk away. He is walking away. Like I said, 11 seasons. He's the franchise sack leader with 95 and a half. Yeah, Ryan Kerrigan had 95 and a half sacks, guys. He's that good. Uh, Big-time veteran. I feel like he's going to have a spot in the organization. He's going to do something around football. He's just not going to play football. I, I very much feel he's going to do that. But great career for Ryan Kerrigan. And the commanders are going to have some issues. Because not only do you need to replace Ryan, but it looks like Chase Young has a knee injury, and he may miss the start of the season. It just keeps raining in Washington. Uh, we'll see what they do. Uh, I guess they're getting the Falcons stuff. We're talking about NFL, right? Let's talk about the Falcons a little bit. They have named Marcus Mariota their starting quarterback, as we expected. I don't see an issue there. But in doing that, they're not just stating the obvious. We knew the rookie's not ready. 
and we knew that Mariota needs to be your quarterback. But the earlier you put in this rookie, it just shows how south your season is going. He's not right. But in naming Mariota your starting quarterback, you are basically telling the 49ers, I don't care what the rumor is, we're not training for Jimmy Garoppolo. Stop calling. Stop texting. Don't don't uh, don't drop into our Instagram DMs. Don't don't slide into them. None of that. Don't even want a LinkedIn message. They don't need Jimmy Garoppolo. That's why you have Marcus Mariota. Mariota is going to be the perfect bridge to whoever your next quarterback is, whether it's your new rookie, whether it's somebody else we haven't met yet. Could be. But if you trade for Jimmy G, you might as well get rid of the rest of the quarterbacks you have because he's pretty much going to command the opportunity to start. But good for Mariota. He's familiar with this system. I think he's going to do some good things. Um, I just got to commend the effort. Uh, General Manager Terry Fontenot and Head Coach Arthur Smith, who when they got hired on the those positions with the Atlanta Falcons, they inherited a team that was in cap hell. Uh, the previous regimes had basically mortgaged the future to try to win big. That they almost did. I mean, man, I hate to bring it up, 28 to three was almost your highest achievement. You almost had that one, plus some other runs, but. In maximizing the Julio deal, in maximizing the Matt Ryan deal, in maximizing some of these other giant contracts, and pushing, kicking the can down the road, pushing cap further and further down, that's where you're at now, is you're eating cap and uh, poor players that no longer play here. It happens. The Saints are very good at dancing around that. Shows the Falcons are too. They have completely almost turned over this roster in two seasons, something that usually takes three or four other places. Like I said, they get out of those they get out of those bad contracts. I mean, they still have to deal with Calvin Ridley and what's going on with him, whether, whether he plays this year or continues to bet on himself, unintended. You get Deion Jones, who is going to open up on the uh, unable to perform list. It's on the pup. You know, they, they've got some issues. Now, let's be real, Falcons fans. You guys didn't exactly expect a Super Bowl run this year, right? You never know how things shake up, but given this team, you are just looking to continue to churn the roster, and you should be looking to look forward to this year. There's going to be a lot of good things happen this year, but your future years, next year and above, are the ones when they're going to be really, really back rolling and you know potentially taking – taking the division, making deep playoff runs, things like that. But at the current moment, gosh, I think you'll be good to win seven or eight games without looking at the schedule. But, hey, Mariota has a chance to really excel. He could excel. He's got Kyle Pitts, who is basically his receiver, technically in the middle, but they could line him up outside. You've got Drake London that you just got. You've got Cordell Patterson coming out of the backfield. I mean, they've got pieces. They've got pieces. They still don't have much of a pass rush because they basically have Grady Jarrett and who knows who else. But the Falcons are going to be pretty good. They're, they're going to be better than last year. You're going to see some better things. Uh, A.J. Terrell is by far one of the best DBs in the league. He's got to be top five. 
there's a lot of things to look forward to. You should go down. You should support this team. Show them that you're still in it. And, uh, hey, here's something to look forward to for sure. A couple games this year, those uh, throwback red helmets they have, they're coming back. Because the NFL finally got smart and said, you know what? Instead of having a problem with you having secondary helmets, we don't care. Have as many different helmets you want. So almost everybody has come up with secondary helmets. The Falcons said, it's our red ones. And those red ones are fire. They are straight fire. But we'll see what the Falcons do. Let's talk Atlanta United. Last we spoke of them, they had the upcoming game versus the LA Galaxy. Well, that was uh, that was unfortunately a loss, two to nothing. And you can change one word or one one letter out of a word I just said and describe the team's effort. Change that second S to a T, and they were lost. There just was no chemistry. You would have thought these. 14 or 15 people had just met on a train on the way to the stadium. Like they all met at Marta and decided, yeah, we'll just ride on in from Buckhead here and play a soccer game. That's what it looked like. I guess it would have been a different, they don't really have Marta in LA, but you guys get the point. They just look lost. Uh, I don't know if it was because Joseph Martinez didn't start again and came in off the bench, but usually he's been a fire plug when he does so, and he hasn't proven that he can go full 90 minutes. So, I mean, I understand understand where Pineda is coming from in, in not necessarily always starting him. Uh, Cisneros, who has been a breath of fresh air, and even Dom Dwyer, who has been a great super sub, has come out flat. It seems like the best way that this team looks like a potent, well-oiled machine is when all the offensive players are in and we just rely on a back three with a little bit of, of uh, dropping wing help when we get the opportunity. That being said, they also played a game uh, up at Chicago where they were able to hang on and get the draw 0-0. i got to agree with Jason Longshore in this one when he said that we outplayed Chicago in the first half, which is not, not usually not what we do. Usually the first half is our struggle. The second half is our great one. Well, we did the opposite because in the second half, we were hanging on. I don't know if we were gassed. I don't know if it was the trip. You know, because L.A. one week, Chicago the next. I, I can see where that would wear you out. But one thing, the promise that it seemed like it really showed, because we've kind of come alive in the end. Once again, if we have Almeida, we have uh, Cisneros, we have Martinez, or occasionally Don Dwight, we have all of our offensive pieces, those forwards in, they're seeming to start to mesh well and have good moments. So we may just have to, instead of relying on defense and uh, picking our shots on offense, we may just have to load up the offense and see if we can outscore people. We may just have to be a different team, at least for the rest of the year. Because we are on the outside of the playoffs looking in. The draw helped, but we've got a tough game coming up. This Saturday, we're going to welcome in the Sounders from Seattle. That's at 3 p.m. at the Benz. I will be there. Hope to run into some of you guys there as well. Hopefully you guys will be there. This is a big game. We need to pack the place out. We need to show them we're still behind them. We're very much behind them. And like I said, it's, it's a massive game. We faced the LA Galaxy team that was on a skid, and we helped right them. We took a Chicago team that was doing pretty good, and we took them to the limit with a 0 to
we're showing life. We're showing that things are still in there. With Seattle coming in, we've got to show the league that the Atlanta United are not done yet. It's not a lost year. There's many things we can do. We can still make the playoffs. We can still make a run. But that starts this Saturday versus Seattle. Uh, let's talk about the Braves, right? Matt Olson, you guys are finally starting to believe me when I said uh, he is like younger Freddie Freeman. Dude mashes the ball. He is a doubles machine. Plays a great first base. He's a local kid. You guys are finally starting to like Matt Olson. Matt Olson has is, is been solid almost all year. Austin Riley is getting MVP nods, MVP notes. I mean, Paul Goldsmith's having an outstanding year and leading the charge, but Riley's up in about second or third place right now in the MVP talk. Who knew that you stick him at third base and he has practically become the new chipper? I don't think you can switch hits. But those two are heating up for sure at the right time. Acuna is still battling back. I think they brought him back a little early, which is not uncommon in sports. Sometimes... Sometimes the superstar comes back a little early, says, you know what, I'm good, and they're not. So let's stay off Acuna a little bit. Having Michael Harris II come up and do what he has done, be the spark plug of this team, great center fielder, and allowing Acuna to kind of get his feet under him in right field, has it's, it's a good thing. Acuna is going to come around. It's not a light switch. You know, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. He's going to come around. He's a great player. And no, for the 1% of you that want to trade him for Otani, well, if Acuna is so bad, then why would they take him for Otani? And you don't need you don't need Otani. It, that's not what you need. Now, with the trade deadline coming up, if you want to grab a starting pitcher, not a bad idea. If you want to get some bullpen help, that's what you should be doing. Your bats are good. You're at a place that most people aren't. So go help your bullpen so that uh, your fan base doesn't always yell at Will Smith every time he goes on the mound. I, Charlie Morton's kind of up and down. That, that's the only reason I would say maybe try to get another starter. But Spencer Strider, a lot of these other guys are, are just picking up the slack. So the Braves, you're in a good spot. You almost caught the Mets, but... Then you kind of hit that skid. You got within a half game. Now you're down three games. You're not that far away. And no, I'm not just being nice. You guys know I'm a Mets fan. I got a little worried for a second when you guys got kind of close. If anybody's going to beat us, I hope it's Atlanta. And you guys have the team to do it. You can out-hit us. We have slightly better pitching. I mean, you did sweep Arizona. And now you got a couple games of Philadelphia. I think it's two there and then two back here. It's a weird schedule. I, I don't know how baseball comes up with these. But Braves fans, stick by your team. You're probably one of the top four in baseball. I think the other day I said the Yankees are probably one. I would probably say the Mets are two. Maybe a little bias in there. Houston and the Braves are kind of three, four. Got the Dodgers in five. That's that's the top teams. But here's the fun thing. Those top four teams can beat the Dodgers. And the Yankees have showed that they have trouble with Houston and New York. So Braves, the fact that you can hang with both those teams, I mean, this is, this is uh, 
it's anybody's game at this point. It's about finishing the season strong, whether it's a wild card, whether it's division, and then taking people out. But uh, we'll talk more about it next week. See what you guys do versus the Phillies and see if the Mets can hang on. Um, lastly, before we get out of here, let's talk some Georgia State football. Georgia State, their season is coming up very, very soon. Their kickoff game is on September 3rd, yeah, September 3rd, 7.30 on ESPN Plus and the SEC Network Plus. They will be taking on the South Carolina Gamecocks and South Carolina. That's going to be a fun game. It's a primetime game. It's the ultimate opportunity to not only pull up a big upset, to do it on national television, well, national streaming television. Because if you upset an SEC team, as you did with Tennessee a couple years ago, the world watches. And then, of course, their first home game is the following week on the 10th of September. That is a noon kickoff on ESPNU as they welcome in the North Carolina Tar Heels, who are not slouches either. Knock off an ACC team at home, the world will watch. And, of course, single-game tickets are on sale. As we speak now, you can still get season tickets, uh, which if you're a big supporter of the team, you should you should definitely get those. They're very, very well-priced. There's a fantastic stadium if you've not been there. But if you just want to go to a couple games or just one game, take some friends and family out, single-game tickets on sale. You can go to their website, probably their app, uh, I think georgiastatesports.com, something like that, and uh, come see some games. Love to see you out there. And then lastly, to uh, end on a somber note, NBA legend Bill Russell passed away earlier today at the age of 88. He is one of the few superstars in the game of basketball who won on all levels. And by saying that, I mean in the NBA, he won 11 titles. In college, he won a couple titles. In high school, he won state titles. Every level he ever played on, he won titles. And in fact, he is one of the few people that if you ever mention to Michael Jordan that name, if you mention Bill Russell, he's one of the few that he will not say he is better than. Jordan just accepts that Bill Russell won 11 championships, and that puts him on a different level. That puts him on Mike's level. How many people can say they won 11 of anything? 11 championships, 5 MVPs at a time when it was hard to dominate the NBA. Uh, Bill Russell will be missed. He is an absolute legend. And obviously our thoughts, prayers, and condolences go to his family. But that's going to do it for us this week. Thanks for tuning in to another great edition of That Sports Show. Remember, not this sports show, not any other sports show, just That Sports Show. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. You guys be safe. Make sure to hug your loved ones, and we will see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses.